You're listening to another great message from Northside Community Church. So my generation is what I would call an off-the-shelf generation. If we want a piece of fruit, we just go to a supermarket, see it nicely presented on the shelf, check if it's ripe, pick it up and put it straight into our trolley. We don't think to ourselves about the original planting or what happened to happen to that piece of fruit for it to be there. We don't appreciate the roots behind the fruit. And so just like in any ministry, it's important for us to distinguish between the fruits and the roots. And so over the last couple of weeks, I'm sure you've been hearing some really great stories about our youth ministry, been hearing about the fruit of our youth ministry. And this morning, I'd actually like to share with you the roots behind it all. See, these roots, they're not tapped into a new snazzy book about youth ministry of how to do it, nor are they tapped into an old program that's been going on for a really long time, but rather our youth ministry is tapped into someone, someone who grew something from nothing into world-changing, someone who sees the value in people and not just in programs. Someone who understands that it takes time to build and someone who knows how to build something so when they disappear, it continues to grow. I'm talking about the best ministry builder ever. I'm talking about Jesus. And so we're going to read one of the one passage that you've probably read a million times before and I really pray that God shows you a new insight into it. So if you have your Bibles with me, would you please turn to Matthew 28 and we're going to read verses 18 to 20. And it says this, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So from this passage, we can see that there is three central points. Go, make disciples and baptise. For us at Northside Youth, we've always sought to be a great commission youth ministry. And so let's have a look at what practically that looks like, practically that looks like, where our roots are embedded into this passage. So let's start with go. There's been many times for me on a Sunday morning when I've turned up to church and I've either seen no youth or two to four youth just hanging around in the foyer out there. And I have thought to myself many times, I'm sure you might have thought this as well, where are all the youth? Why aren't they coming? Why don't they want to be here? Well, most young people do not wake up at 8.15 on a Sunday morning. Let alone do they wake up and think to themselves, I think I'd like to go to church. I don't never been to one, don't know anything really about it, but I think I'd like to go to church. Young people don't wake up thinking that they want to come. So we can't expect them to come to us, which kind of presents us with a real big problem. So how do we effectively minister to young people if they're not going to come to us? Jesse, who is one of our youth leaders, recently was telling me this story about um, what happened for him in one of his scripture classes. He goes to Chatswood High, which is one of our local high school, and he... Um, does scripture lessons. And this one class that he had, he had a young Jewish boy. He called himself Jewish because that's what his family believed. But really, he was an atheist. And he, every week, would arc up and have um, 
quite heated discussions with Jesse. And Jesse each week was very respectful, very loving, and just allowed the boy to share his opinion and just allowed the boy to ask questions. And each week, Jesse would answer with respect and share the truth of Jesus. And along the way, God did something in this young boy's heart. Along the way, this young boy had a little bit of a desire to know more. And so he went to youth group with one of his friends and he came back and told Jesse that going to youth group was really fun. He had a great time, but it also made a way for him to start asking more and more questions. And he and this friend continued to have discussions about what it means to know more about Jesus. It's pretty cool that a young Jewish boy because of Jesse going into a high school, had the opportunity to talk through his beliefs and that he was able to go to a youth group. Just as well, though, that Jesus did say to us, go, isn't it? He didn't say receive. He didn't say sit and wait. He didn't say pray and hope that a Jewish boy will come to your youth group who has no understanding of what you're about or really doesn't have a desire to be about you, but pray that he comes to you. No, rather, Jesus says to us, go. In John 1, 1, 14, it says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. You see, God, first of all, modelled what it is to go. We worship a God who didn't just sit up in heaven, but we worship a God who loved us and wanted to show us that we need to go. He modelled it first. So what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us at Northside Youth? For us, it means that we need to go to the young people down the road. We need to go to the young person next door. We need to go into the schools, into the soccer teams, into the netball teams, into the internet, internet cafes, into their friendship circles. Wherever the young people are, we need to go. So from what looks like a small youth ministry on a Sunday morning, would you believe that we are in regular relationship with over 40 young people? And that's not to mention the young people that we have contact with through high schools. So we need to go. That is step one of our root system in our youth ministry. Step two, make disciples. If you ask any one of my youth leaders about what the heart and the passion is of our youth ministry, they would say to you, MD, 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 and a few more MDs, MDs, MDs. And you're probably thinking, "Um, I don't really understand. What is this about? Well, it stands for making disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples, who make disciples. Are you getting the point? See, we as a youth ministry, we aren't interested in running just a fun Friday night program. We're not just interested in sharing Jesus to young people. We're not even just interested in seeing young people make a decision to follow Christ, but rather we're interested in making disciples. We're interested in making committed followers of Jesus. We're interested in seeing young people passionately seek Him. We're interested in seeing young people um, passionately serving Him. We're interested in seeing young people becoming more and more like Christ. We're interested in making disciples. A couple of months ago at youth group, one of our year 11 girls was sharing um, a talk about um, inviting friends to youth. She really felt like um, God had placed in her heart to share that we have a purpose and a reason to invite our friends to youth. And we're not meant to keep it to ourselves, but we're meant to share it. And one of our year nine girls who we've been discipling heard this message and she really felt God say to her, you've got a friend that you need to invite. And so that week she called up her friend and she organised a sleepover. It's what we call sleepover ministry. 
the youth kid invites their youth friend to stay over on Friday night. And what do they do on Friday night? Oh, they just happen to go to youth group. So off the friend has to go with them. And so she brought her friend to youth group and her friend loved it. She enjoyed it. She liked the people. She had a lot of fun. So she decided that she'd come back the next week. She went the next week, had a lot of fun, met the people. And then she came the next week. And that week at youth group, we were talking about this camp called Drastic Camp, which I'm sure you've all heard about. And we were talking about it and getting really excited. And that night during their sleepover, this friend asked her friend if she thinks that she could go to camp. Of course she can come to camp. So we registered her and she came along to camp. And not only did it end there with her friend inviting her to youth group and then inviting her in camp, the story continues. This then friend came along to camp and loved it, enjoyed it, got to experience God and a community of worshipping young people. And her friend, the friend, the original friend, yep, um, had the privilege of explaining to her friend what it means to follow Christ. But she not only explained it, she had the privilege of then praying with her young friend so that her young friend could invite Jesus into her life. Disciples making disciples who make disciples. So I want to let you in on a little bit of a secret. We aren't aren't interested in building a youth ministry. Rather, we're interested in building a youth movement. You might be wondering what's the difference between a youth ministry and a youth movement. Well, youth ministry is where you get really excited and pumped up on a Friday night or a Sunday morning or a Sunday afternoon. And then as you go through the week, it kind of fizzles. Our youth movement is excited when we see one of our youth who we have been discipling get the privilege of sharing Jesus with their friend, but then also helping to disciple their friend. You know, a youth movement hasn't started until we have seen that happen and we're seeing it happen. You know that all all movements started small. Jesus' movement started small. The irony is that it didn't first, it wasn't just at Chatswood High where a young Jewish boy heard about Jesus. Jesus went to a bunch of Jewish boys. In John 1, we see Jesus starting his movement. He starts off with four. Actually, they were four of John's disciples. Biblical example of sheep stealing, which just a side note, we are about to do in our youth ministry because we're about to get a real big influx of some of our kid church disciples. And we're really excited. And we've been preparing for four years to have these beautiful young kids come along. Anyway, so in this passage in 1 John, I'm going to read it to you. It talks about how Jesus started with four and then how, let me just find it. It says this, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. See, this is how the movement happens. A disciple wanting others to know. People being so excited about Jesus that others need to come along on the journey. And that's how making disciples, making disciples will happen. There's something that you need to know. We're not interested in reaching your kids. We don't want to reach your kids. We want to disciple your kids. We want to disciple them by building into them on Friday nights and Sundays. We want to equip them so that they can go and reach their friends, so that they can then disciple their friends who then can disciple. You see, making disciples who make disciples who make disciples. 
So route one was go, route two, MD, MD, MD. Now, according to this passage, step three is baptise. I can't tell you the absolute joy that the 13th of October 2013 was for me. We had the awesome privilege to see seven young people publicly declare their love and commitment to Jesus through being baptised. It was an absolutely exciting moment. And the really cool thing is that there is still more to come. It's just the beginning. So in this reading this morning, in verses 19 to 20, it says this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So just getting young people into the water, into the baptistry, isn't the finish line for our youth ministry. It's just the beginning. And Delas Willard says this about this passage. He says, that it means to baptism here means to completely immerse someone in the trinitarian nature of God. This means we are not only to literally baptize them but, or immerse them, but we need to through our community and relationships completely saturate their lives into the things of God. So our desire is to completely immerse them into the glorious and loving nature of God. You know what I look at when I see the majority of youth in our society? Do you know what I see them immersed in? I see a generation that is immersed in pain. I see a generation that is trying to do their best. I see a generation that is immersed in self-interest. I see a generation that is immersed in addiction, immersed in a lie, immersed in wanting to be loved, wanting to be accepted. In my capacity as a social worker, I see this firsthand. The great need of our society to see young people break the generational cycle of what they are already immersed in. Here's what I mean. I was working with a client a couple of years for a couple of years, and when she turned up on our doorstep, she had been a victim of domestic violence. Her parent, her parents, and her family had basically abandoned her, and she was dealing with loneliness and also trying to work out how to um, be a young single mum. And every time I met with her, me and my fellow caseworker, before I went out and met with her, we would pray because we knew that this young girl needed more than just what we could do just through casework. We really prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And we knew that she needed a community like a church community. And just recently, I've just heard from her and she now happens to be going to one of our sister churches. And she has said to me, you know what, Kristen, God has changed my life. And this community that I am part of is phenomenal. They have been what I have needed. They have immersed me into the right things. So we need to immerse our young people into healthy relationships. We need to immerse them into healthy communities. And to be honest, as I said, social work and casework can't do it. They can't solve all the problems. Do you know what will solve the problem? Is the community of God, the church. As a community, we've been hearing the last couple of weeks, Graham talking about it being a community of faith, hope and love. And this is the community that we need to bring our kids into, where they're spiritual mums and dads and spiritual big brothers and sisters. We need to immerse our young people in the truth that comes from His Word, the truth that comes from God and the truth that comes from His community. So go, make disciples and baptise. There you have it. It's the root system to our youth ministry. It's a cool or groovy, if that's your generation, youth strategy, isn't it? Now, if only there was one that would um, work for us as grown-ups. If only there was a strategy that was just as good. You know what? 
it's not just a youth strategy. It's the church's strategy because it's God's strategy. You know, that was reflected so beautifully in how each of the seven young people came to our church and came to be in the waters of baptistry. They came through divorce care. They came through the meditation group on Thursdays. They came through friends. They came through family members. One came through a brother who'd been praying so earnestly for his whole family. Another came through a family who had been bringing their daughter faithfully each week and bringing her up in God's house. See, it's not just about the youth ministry. It's not just about us. It's about the whole church. And it's about us all being a part of the strategy. Most of all, recently, I've been really touched by um, all of your desire and eagerness to respond and support our youth. David Hunter, on the 13th of October, the day that's forever embedded in my mind, he spent his afternoon filling up that baptistry and not just filling it up, he made sure it was the exact perfect temperature for each of the kids to get into. But then as each of the kids came out, he hugged each and every one of them. And then at the end, he prayed for all of the girls beautiful. But it's not just David alone. It has been those that were moved to financially support and pray for our youth as we went on camp. It's been those that may have been asking, just like me, where are all the youth, but have been so faithful in supporting a youth pastor and a passionate team. It's been those from this congregation that came on that day to support the seven young people get baptised. See, it takes a whole church to reach the younger generation, not just a younger generation of our church, the whole church. So two truths and one fib. Have you picked it yet? You don't have to yell it back. Um, I hope that you have worked out which one it is. It's that I don't enjoy doing youth ministry. I'm passionate about youth ministry. I'm passionate about a youth movement. You see, God, though, isn't just calling me to be passionate about it. And God's not just calling my team to be passionate about it. He's calling the whole church to be passionate about a youth movement of disciples, making disciples, making disciples. You may not be able to be the one who goes into Chatswood High and um, gets to talk to a Jewish boy. You may not be the one to invite your friends along to youth group. Or you may not be the one who wants to run around on a Friday night playing some crazy fun games. So my question for you this morning is, regardless of all of that, do you see yourself as part of the movement? Do you see yourself part of the movement, movement of MDMD? It's not just a youth strategy. It's not just for the youth movement. It's for the whole church. See, Jesus' strategy to reach and restore the world by making disciples that make disciples that make disciples. It continues today. And it challenges all of us to work out whether or not we're doing the same. So for some of you this morning, you may not know what it means to be a disciple. And I pray that this morning that you will ask and seek what it means to know God. But for those of us who knows what it means to be a disciple, for those who are a follower of Christ, this morning, I ask you, are you part of MDMDMD? See, MDMDMD, making disciples who make disciples who make disciples, it's not part of the Christian life. It is the Christian life. It's not just the basis for our youth ministry but it's the church's strategy. So the challenge for all of us this morning is how well are you doing at passing this strategy on? Go. We can't expect the lost to come to us. We all need to go to those that don't know Jesus. Make disciples. Are you investing into others that need investment? Are you in a ministry or a movement? Baptise. We need to make sure that our community, the church, is saturating people in the life-given reality and nature of God. So go, make disciples, 
baptize. MD, MD, MD. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are a God that desires for us to know you and to know you intimately. God, we thank you that you're a God that didn't just sit up in heaven, Father, but you came down to us. Lord, you didn't just show us how to go, but you desire for us to know that you have come so that we may have a relationship with you. God, I pray this morning that as we reflect on your great commission, Lord, I pray that we will see ourselves as your agents, God, that we will go, go to those that don't know you, Father. Lord, that we will make disciples, that we will invest and spend time in those that don't know you, that continue to know you, and that we will build your truth and love into them. And Lord, I pray that we will baptise them not only in the waters of baptistry, but Father God, we will immerse them into a community that is loving, immerse them into a community that shows and highlights your glorious and loving nature, Father God. Lord, for those of us that are immersed in things that are not of your gloriousness, Lord, I pray that you will help break that. Lord, I pray that you will help each and every one of us to help those immerse themselves into your glorious nature, Father. Lord, let us be a church that is a great commission church. Let us see ourselves as part of the movement, Father God. Lord, we just thank you for who you are. In your son's precious name, amen.